Good morning. Happy New Year, almost, to everyone. So, every new year, we get the opportunity to think about making a New Year's revolution, <laughs> a New Year's resolution to have a fresh start, to love God more, to follow him a little more closely. And often we don't think about that uh, too much. Maybe you've already decided to grow in your walk with Christ this year, or you, you've set something aside to say, I want to pursue Jesus. And if you have done that already, that's great. Or you could think about that today or tonight, uh, just before the ball drops. I won't be up for that, probably. Let's help one another. How are you going to help me? How am I going to help you? How are we going to help one another walk closer to Christ this year, to, to grow closer to him? We always have room to grow, to faithfully spread his love to people around us, to share the gospel of Christ. And here's the truth. We can't do it. Not without the Spirit's help the Holy Spirit's help, not without knowing God's word or obeying it. It's not going to happen if we don't know God's word or obey it. It's not going to happen if we try to do it alone. We have to be a team. We have to strive together to follow Christ, to know and to do God's will. I got a quiz for you this morning. Are you ready? What's our stated Grace Chapel mission? I'll tell you, to make disciples who know, love, and serve God together in all contexts of life. Wherever we are, we're doing it together. Even if we're not together at that moment, we're doing it together because we're helping one another, we're praying for one another, we're staying connected together to spread the gospel of Christ in different ways whenever we meet together, equipping ourselves so we can go out and do that. A church leader, I'll name his name, Bill Hybels, suggests that a congregation needs to be reminded every 30 days what their mission is, or else their main mission is to make disciples, by the way. Otherwise, a local church will drift off mission and be distracted by other good but less important agendas. So I thought that today, at the beginning of 2024, it would be good just to do a little refresher course to remind ourselves that it would be a good idea to be on mission, to know our mission, what Jesus sent us to do so that we don't drift off course. What better way to do it than to observe Jesus? So I, I just selected one text today to help us stay on mission. How are we going to stay on mission? Number one, to be convinced that Jesus is God. Number two, to be convinced that as Jesus was sent by God the Father, we have been sent into the world to do Jesus's mission. We need to be convinced of that, that as Jesus was sent, we were sent. And three, that Jesus's word, his gospel, his truth, powerfully changes, or we like to use the word transforms, 
people. So we're going to take a quick look at those. And we're going to look at John chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. I'm going to read just a small portion of the chapter. Going to begin reading at verse 24 through 29 of John chapter 5. Would you follow along with me? And as you're turning there, I'd just like to do a quick prayer. Lord God, take your word today, the word that you've given to us, and use it to make our hearts be attracted again, to strive again, to be in love again with you and the mission you've sent us on. We pray that you would do that for your honor and glory. Amen. Beginning at verse 24 of John chapter 5, Jesus is speaking after he's done a miracle of healing a man who was, who was impaired, physically impaired, for 38 years. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So Jesus is speaking about who he is. And the first thing that I think John wants to impress on us, I know this is true in his whole gospel, is that Jesus is the Son of God. Just flip back a few pages in your Bible. In John chapter 1, John made a bold claim at the beginning of his gospel. He says this in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John was speaking about Jesus Christ. In verse 14, he goes on and says, And the word became flesh, that is Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So John made these bold claims. Number one, Jesus is God, so he's equal with God. But number two, that God came and lived among us. That is amazing truth. God walked with us. It's not very spectacular that Matt Meter walks among you. But when God comes and walks among us, becomes a human being, a man, and knows what our life is and experiences it so he can rescue us. That's amazing truth. So John makes this bold claim, and throughout his gospel, he shows uh, seven miracles to show us that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God. And Jesus makes a bold claim here in John chapter 5. Look at verse 5 of the chapter. We didn't read it, but there was a man says in verse 5, who was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said, what do you, do you want to be healed? 
How would you have answered that question? <laughs> Look at verse 8, and Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now, this happened to be on the Sabbath. So Jesus got in trouble with the religious leaders because you're not supposed to heal according to their laws on the Sabbath day to do some kind of good work. So they accuse him. Look at verse 14. And afterward, Jesus found the man in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. What is the worst thing that could happen to him? He could not believe and be judged forever in eternal uh, suffering, damnation in hell. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because what he, was do he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus makes these incredibly bold claims. John makes bold claims at the beginning of his gospel, but now Jesus makes bold claims. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm in charge of the Sabbath. I know how to work and do what's right on the Sabbath. His healing work, he can speak and heal a man, proves that he's God. He says he's doing what his father showed him to do, and his opponents understood that he was claiming to be God. So this morning, simple question. How convinced are you that Jesus is God? God Almighty, the one who made heaven and earth, who made you. And if you are convinced, now if I'm pointing at you, what's the old saying? There's three fingers pointing back at me. If we're convinced that Jesus is God, then how are my and your activities going to be different in this new year? Because I believe that's true. Am I going to be involved and be in step with his mission to make disciples who know him and love him and serve him with other believers for God's glory? Are you convinced Jesus is God? And what difference is it making in your life? If you're not convinced Jesus is God, then you better reconsider that. Not because I think so, but because God the Spirit in his word is revealing to us who Jesus is. Why would I refuse to believe that Jesus is the Christ? Have you ever thought about that? Why did you refuse him, believer, for so long? It was prideful rebellion. I think I have that as a question mark, but it's kind of, I'm being a little facetious there. Yeah, it was prideful rebellion. I wanted to go my own way. I, I, I wasn't sure I could trust God, or I was unaware of how lost I was in my sin and, and darkness 
was enveloping me and I didn't know it. I refused Christ's light because I was afraid to give up the darkness that I loved and liked. That's why we refuse Christ. Are you convinced Jesus is Christ, is, the, is God and Savior? Secondly, are you convinced that Jesus was sent and his work changes people, impacts people? Jesus was sent by the Father, and we are sent by Jesus to do the Father's will. Jesus does what the Father does, so it's, it's that old saying, like Father, like Son. What's God like? Have you thought about that lately? <laughs> so much is a mystery, right? And Isaiah the prophet wrote, to whom will you compare me? This is God speaking. To whom will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. God's saying, who can you compare me to? It's hard to understand who, what God's like because we have nothing to compare him to in our life experience here. So it's a mystery. But on the other hand, it's not a mystery. What is God like? Study the life of Jesus. Know what he did. Know, know Jesus, and you know what God, the Father, Son, and Spirit is like. So take advantage and dig into the treasures of God's word. Know God by knowing Jesus. Whoever has seen me, Jesus told his disciples, you've seen the Father. We're the same. What he does, I do. His will is my will. And we can make it ours through the goodness and grace of, that we receive in Christ. Jesus' work, which is his Father's will, has impact. Changes things. Do you believe that? Jesus said a word, and a man who had been physically impaired for 38 years, unable to even get up quick enough to get into this pool where people jumped in hoping to be healed. In a moment, in an instant, the man was healed. If that's true, then why do we doubt that his death on the cross and his resurrection did not take away our sins? Do not doubt it. Your debt is canceled. Jesus is raised again from the dead. He raised himself. The resurrection proves he is God. So Jesus was sent to rescue us. It impacts people for all eternity. And here's what he said. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel changed, changes people. Is it changing you? You're supposed to nod your head yes. <laughs> are we letting it change us, or are we taking it for granted? Are we letting the Spirit of God go to work in our lives to change us and mold us? And then to have, not to keep it to ourselves and feel proud about it, but to take his grace and his mercy to others so they can share in it as well.
Our ministry style and message should match Jesus's. His attitudes of humility and mercy and serving come from the Spirit of God. It's given to us as a gift when we believe, so we actually can grow in that as we pursue the things of Christ. So how are we going to impact people with the gospel where you're, the people you're around most during the week? So at work, what are you going to do at work or in your neighborhood or at the playground? If you're homeschooled, what are you going to do with the kids you hang out in your homeschool group? What are you going to do? What are you going to say in school in the cafeteria, in the hallways, in your classrooms to show that your faith in Jesus is transforming you, transforming you is transforming us. What are you going to do that's like Jesus to show the world that his gospel changes, has the power to change people? We're going to do it by studying Jesus' life, his message, and his actions, and imitate him. We're going to ask God to fill us with his spirit so we can do it because we fail to pursue those things. So we need to ask ourselves, I wish I had time today, but I'm not going to take time today. But if I had you in a classroom, I would. What did Jesus do? Do you know what Jesus did when he was on earth? He was sent by the Father to do his Father's will, so that's what he did. And then he sent us to do his Father's will. We should do what Jesus did. So what did Jesus do? The old WWJD question, right? Do you still have one of those bracelets on your dresser bureau at home, in a drawer somewhere? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? Where did he go? Who did Jesus hang out with? And why did he hang out with them? Did the, did the disciples, I'll get that out, did the disciples do what Jesus did? Are we imitating Jesus and the disciples? Are we doing it a lot? Are we doing it some? Are we doing it a little? And how might we do better? That's something to think about. Would you like to talk about that? Do that on the way home. Do that around the table. How are we doing? Are we doing it a little? Some? A whole bunch, what Jesus did as a people of God who claim to know Christ, to love Christ, and to want to serve Christ. And we can do it. Convinced that Jesus is God, convinced that his gospel impacts or changes people's lives, convinced that Jesus' gospel tr powerfully transforms people. Say it again. Truly, truly, verse 24, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He's crossed over from death to life. That's the powerful message of the gospel. Jesus is the creator, so he has authority. Physical life happens only because he spoke us into existence. 
excuse me, physical life happens because he spoke us into, into existence. Spiritual life happens when he speaks. He has the power to rescue us. So listen well to Jesus. So what's my task? What's our task in this new year? Believe and say what Jesus said. Know his words. Be able to explain them. Speak in ways that engages people. Second Timothy chapter 2. The Apostle Paul said this. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And the Lord's servant, he says in verse 24 in 2 Timothy 2, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. You know, that just jumped out at me today, patiently enduring evil. Like Jesus, patiently endured evil so some could be saved. That's what we are sent to do. Correcting his opponents with gentleness so that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth so that they can come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil because they've been captured by him to do his will. So that makes me look at people a little differently. Our task is to know Jesus' words and to be able to explain them well and clearly and to engage in conversation so that people at least will listen, as many who are willing to do it, rather than be turned off because I'm argumentative or a know-it-all or rude. Let me say one other thing. Don't ever apologize for talking about sin and making people feel the guilt of sin because people don't like to feel guilty. But the gospel convicts us of our wrongdoing. And when we speak it, Many will despise the gospel because it convicts them of wrongdoing, of sin, of missing God's best, his mark, his perfect will. But on the other hand, when we share the gospel, the truth that we're sinners and we need salvation, many will understand that they're guilty and they will believe and be saved. But we have to do it well, gently, endure evil, endure rude comments, God's word has power to give abundant life. It's alive and active. And Satan, our enemy, would have us believe the exact opposite. He did it in the garden. God really doesn't want you to know, so don't eat the fruit because he's withholding something from you. It was a lie. God is not withholding anything good. What do you believe about Jesus? And what do you believe about his word? Our task is to believe and to say Jesus' words to the world. Our task is to make disciples, to show that our lives are being transformed by the power of Christ and not ourselves. We have the commands of Christ. We have the life of Christ. 
I have and you have the power of Christ if we're his followers to reveal that his kingdom life in the world is able to rescue and bring his light into it. You know what, Church of Christ, we are not Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus told Timothy that the Church of Christ is the pillar and the buttress of truth. We are the ones who are sent with God's truth to protect it and to share it. So it's a new year. Happy New Year. Are you excited about the new year? I don't know if I'm excited about the new year. But a new year that God's with us and taking us to places we do not know for his honor and glory. Are you ready to go to follow Jesus just a little more closely, to know his word? You know, it's good to think and then to say what you're going to do in positive words, not like the negative, well, I need to stop. But sometimes it's better to say, I need to do this and to help one another accomplish it. So let me do it, and would you do it with me? Because we are convinced that Jesus is God. Because we are convinced that we are sent by Jesus to do our Father's will. Because we are convinced that Jesus' words give abundant, never-ending life, we will say his gospel more. We will help people know what Jesus said and did by what we say and do. We will trust and obey Jesus because he is our God. He is our Savior. He's the one who gave his life on the cross so that we could become his children and live in his presence forever. It's a new year. We can take steps together to follow Jesus just a little more closely. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are the creator. You are God. You are the Savior. And only you can give us life. Only you can give us eternal life. So, Lord, in this new year, I ask you that you would help us to be more convinced of the power of your word to change us and to change others, to transform us to be your godly, holy people. And we ask you to do this for your honor and glory alone. Lord, do this in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.